Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Naked Without Shame. I am not your host, but I am here today. My name is Nick Delatore, and I'm the president of Awakened Catholic. Today is part two of our series, Getting to Know Our New Hosts. Today we have with us Morgan Holliger. Uh, you may have seen last week's episode where we interviewed Megan Burwell and got to know her. Um, Megan and Morgan are the two new hosts for Naked Without Shame, and we're going to get to know Morgan in just a moment. You're not going to want to miss this. Let's go. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Open your hearts, open up your hearts to Christ. The reason life is the joy that comes from God and is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Naked Without Shame. Before we get started, we need to pay the bills. I just want to let you know that if you want to support the creation of shows like Naked Without Shame and the others here on Awakened Catholic, uh, be sure to check out awakencatholic.org slash donate. And by making a monthly recurring contribution, uh, you can join the Awaken Nation. The Awaken Nation is a group of people like yourselves who make all of this possible. It's not easy uh, or cheap to run these, uh, these, these ministries, these shows, and the events that we do. And and it's only possible because of the yes from people like you to, to join in the missions. So please consider joining the Awakened Nation by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Additionally, uh, this show and all of our shows, as well as uh, the community that follows Awakened Catholic, the Awakened Catholic family of people who, who want the truth and want it delivered in beauty and want to be able to share that truth in beauty through our videos and our content, um, check out the app. You can see it by, or you can get it by going to theawakenapp.io or by searching for Awaken Catholic in either the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, it's a social media alternative. It's got, it's, it's a hub for all of the Awaken Catholic content and so much more. Make sure to check out theawakenapp.io uh, to get the Awaken Catholic app. And uh, without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Morgan Holliger. On to Naked Without Shame here at Awakened Catholic. Morgan, welcome to your show. So like Megan, you're, you're studying at the John Paul II Institute. She's already finished her studies. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited to get into more of that because your, your area of focus in your, in your doctoral studies um, make me very excited. But we're going to hold off on that just a little bit. I want to get to know, like, where do you come from from a spiritual standpoint? What does your faith journey look like? So I guess I could just start from the beginning of um, I was raised... And I guess I would describe it as an agnostic family. So yeah, basically non-religious, but not closed to like religious questions. Mm -hmm. So I guess like whenever I had like, um, I don't know, I was inspired to like look for something transcendent, like explore religions or um, yeah, I don't know, like at the age of eight, I decided to become a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was always as like, most eight-year-olds like, do. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I was I was a weird child, but my parents um, really supported me in that, and like sort of this pursuit of justice and like I don't know. I would just say like something transcendent that was always like very much welcomed in my family, and so I'm really thankful for that. But yeah, it wasn't until high school that I became open to Christianity, um, and specifically Catholicism. And I came into the church when um, I was 18, my senior year of high school. That, what drew you to the church? What what opened uh, your eyes and your heart to that coming from an agnostic family? It's sort of a weird 
story. Um, it was very much like not an intellectual okay. thing at that point. Like that came later for me. Um, I, yeah, I was interested in like religions like um, Buddhism or things that were not as like sort of like concrete and you like had to mm. go to church or something. Um, sort of like just you and like this spiritual encounter. Um, so you, you were like, hungry for spirituality, but you were looking for it in ways that were less conventional or less like regimented or something. Yeah. For lack of a better word, it was like cooler. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I was interested in exploring, yeah, different religions, but I, I guess I was kind of like, um, yeah, just not really that open to Christianity for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, no one had ever really presented it to me in a way that I thought was like interesting or compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, I, I, yeah, and I, I wasn't like hostile to it either. I just wasn't interested in it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I did find myself more attracted to religions like Buddhism or something. That was kind of like, yeah, more like, um, more like a spiritual experience mm -hmm. is emphasized. Um, yeah, I was, I felt like very hungry for that. But then I guess I, I sort of, after a while, like felt, yeah, it wasn't like concrete enough for me, at least in my experience of it. I needed something more like, I don't know that like place demands on you that had mm. more like roots in like my tradition too mm -hmm. of like, yeah, just like a need for something more tangible and something outside of myself. Mm. Um, something, something bigger, yeah, bigger, something than you. bigger, I guess. Yeah. yeah like the, the sense of like, I, I really, yeah, I had this hunger for really for God and like this encounter with like something, yeah, like God that is outside of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's why I became more interested in like, faith like Christianity. That's so interesting that you wanted something that had that placed more demands on you. And I think that that's true for a lot of people um, without necessarily they're realizing that that's what they're looking for. You know, we see like the the rising numbers in Islam and how many converts they yeah. get from, you know, uh, uh, the American uh, society. And in particular, I, I have seen uh, numbers that are pretty interesting from specifically like Anglo-Americans that um, become interested in Islam. And, and I've kind of made the argument for a while that it's because, uh, of, because of the fact that their religion, um, expects more from them than kind of the watered down Christian approach. Um, and I think that yeah. people want to be taken to a higher plane of existence. People want, um, to kind of level up and, and, you know, a lot of the times, uh, that takes the form of, you know, it, it, maybe it's a similar principle behind kind of the the psychological things that are involved in why why do people um, gain an interest in joining the military when it's not about wanting to like you know fight and stuff and use guns, but like when people want like order in their lives and people want structure and they want something that calls something greater out of them. Um, I think that's yeah. really really interesting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so you you were initially looking into things like Buddhism and stuff. So how did you make that progression from that to specifically Catholicism? I, I needed something um, tangible that I could grasp onto, and not just sort of like just me alone thinking spiritual things. I yeah. guess, and so that's why I started to become like you were saying more attracted to like traditional forms of religion. And I guess I would say that Catholicism, the attraction to Catholicism, started. I mean, yeah, I think that my earliest memories of it are like, I would go on vacation, um, with my friends and family to New York city a lot. And I think I was probably around like 16 or 17. And I remember like feeling 
just like sort of randomly drawn to go into these churches. Mm. Like we were like, you know, going around, like seeing all like the cool things and whatever. And I, yeah, I don't know, for some reason I was like, felt this draw to explore these beautiful old churches. And like, they would usually end up being Catholic churches, mm. I would learn. Um, and I would say it was really just like the beauty of that. Like just the, I don't know. Yeah. I also felt like very peaceful about it. Um, being in the churches, uh, I couldn't really have articulated it at the time. I just remember feeling this draw. That's really beautiful. And that is one of the things that I love about our faith is it it kind of addresses the entirety of the person, spirit and, and body uh, in a way that other religions really don't. It's kind of like they have a hard time when they go to address a certain part of who we are. It ends up kind of being at the at the detriment or at the loss of, of the emphasis on the other. And, and Catholicism is really about the entire integrated person. And I love that yeah. about our faith, um, which is part of, you know, what the beauty is of specifically the theology of the body. I mean, that's literally like, think about the word theologies, you know, the study of, of God and the body. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's such an interesting principle that, that we pretty uniquely carry, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, yeah, totally. at what point then, so you're 18, was that when you entered the church? Yeah, I, I was 17 when oh, I entered RCIA. Okay, very yeah. cool. So then yeah. you, you get, you become a Catholic as, as a, a newly minted adult. And yes. um, so at what point then do you get exposed to theology of the body? Yeah, so um, I was set up with a sponsor. Um, so I, I called St. Rose in Perrysburg. Um, their RCIA program and just said, yeah, I'm interested in becoming Catholic. Like I have no idea what that really means, but I want to do this. Um, and they set me up with a sponsor, um, um, a woman, Mary Alice. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's, as you know, um, an incredible woman and she, I think she introduced me to theology of the body. Uh, I think it was actually after I came into the church. Um, but yeah, by that time I really trusted her. Like I knew that she, um, yeah, she just really cared about me, um, in this way that like, you know, like I had a lot of people in my life that cared about me, but, um, and that loved me, like my parents and friends, whatever. But like, there's something really interesting. Like I knew that Mary Alice, or I could sense that Mary Alice, like her care for me was related to her love of Christ. Mm. And I think that was like what really struck me about her. Um, and then all the people that she introduced me to, like Megan, um, was one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, they just, there was something really different about them, uh, that I was really attracted to. And so I would say I was open because of that, this difference that I sensed in them. Um, even though like, yeah, I, if you would have asked me to like watch a chastity talk, uh, a year before I would be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But I guess, yeah, at that point, like I was just, I was open enough to be like, okay, like, I'll do this just to basically just to like make Mary Alice happy at that point, you know, <laughs> yeah. she really, yeah, it was something really important to her. So yeah, she, we watched like, um, a Christopher West series, mm-hmm. video series called freedom to love. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like my, I was pretty prejudiced going in like, okay, this is going to be a chastity talk. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really interested. This is sort of weird, but yeah, I mean, it was like really striking to me. Um, just stuff that I had never heard before really like, I mean, even like simple things like to love is to will the good of the other, oh, which I yeah. think is actually Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Like love is not use or love is not just like strong feelings. Like these are things that I just like, I don't know, I was not familiar with. I never really even thought about, um, but something about it was like, wow, this is like really, really interesting. But yeah, I still was like really grappled with it because yeah. I mean like a lot of the things they propose, like say, I don't know, like 
contraception or something like the Catholic teaching on contraception. I was like, people really believe this. Like, I thought this was like a medieval thing. Like, but I mean, the way he explained it, I was like, wow, uh, this is really compelling, but it took me a while, really like three years actually to finally kind of like come to terms with that and think through it and process it. And yeah. That's so interesting to me because I had literally the entirely opposite experience of the uh, my my kind of journey into the theology of the body um, at a Christopher West live presentation. Um, first of all, everything he said that night, similar to what you're describing, like it's very interesting, very innovative ideas, uh, innovative in the sense that like it's 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 not in innovative. It's more that it's it's contrary to the messaging in the culture in large part and and really ideas that just simply don't get addressed. Um, like what love really is, um, and you know, who people really are. But anyways, uh, I came away from that night really, um, intrigued by all of it, but there was one thing he said that night, uh, that totally changed the game for me. And it was actually the, the, the teaching on artificial contraception. And it, it wasn't like similar to you. I went into this, you know, like a hot mess in terms of like, uh, I'm not interested in hearing about, you know, chastity and stuff. Um, but he, when he said that, he also explained why the church teaches that, but then also uh, that the church's teachings never change. And he explained mm -hmm. the church's magisterium and apostolic succession and all this stuff. And that was a game changer for me. And as soon as he yeah. explained that um, and the teaching authority and the fact that in 2000 years, no teachings have ever changed, I was like that moment, I was completely sold out for Catholicism. I was like, I am wow. all in. And literally That's that amazing. was the night that like, I just re-steered my entire life and I was, I was Catholic. Um, and so it's, wow. it's just funny to me to That's hear incredible. you mentioned that being the, like one of the things that was harder to, um, you know, but we're coming at it from different places too. But yeah, it's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me too, the, yeah, the authority of the church, that was something I think after a while, like, yeah, it was like so foreign to me to like, conceive that like i was not like the arbiter of truth basically mm -hmm. like that's what you know you are formed like as an american and like sort of the protestant influence in america too like yeah that's just like reality for you but then when i when i was sort of like and i guess yeah when i decided to become catholic i thought like okay like i can just become like a cafeteria catholic like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have to believe all this stuff um but like exactly what you're saying like when that was explained to me um, yeah, like the authority of the church, like Christ established this church and like the church is his voice in history. I mean, like that made a ton of sense. Like mm -hmm. it made more sense than anything I had ever really encountered until that point. And yeah. that was, I think actually, yeah, a lot of what like convinced me after a while. Yeah. Um, and, and the interesting thing is too, as soon as you start to understand more of that, you, you kind of get into a deeper understanding that like, the church doesn't just have a bunch of rules surrounding these ideas to, to you know, be some like totalitarian dictatoring, like yeah. wagging finger grandma, you know, or grandpa, because it's, you know, the priests are dudes. But um, yeah. but like it's it's more that the, in its in its deep and um, powerful ability to to be a bedrock of truth where it, it clings to things that we know for sure, because they're from the words of Christ, or they're in, you know, they've been in, uh, interpreted and prayed about over over centuries, like the church stands by what is objectively true and good and beautiful for the good of, of us. Like, it's it's yeah. not, it's not like, like, I don't just impose rules on my kids just to be a jerk. I, I give my kids rules that protect yeah. them. Um, and the church in its, in its wisdom, 
uh, the church is, is doing the same for us. And, and you know, the, the yeah, contraception yeah. thing is a beautiful example of that, because as soon as contraception um, became uh, legalized and became popularized, we saw a rise in divorces. We saw a rise in uh, single single mother households. We saw a rise in abortions. Like the right. church saw where that would take us, and the church was like, "Please don't do this to yourself." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. Do you have any thoughts about that? And, yeah, and I think like for me, theology of the body was a lot of what like made all of what you were just saying intelligible. Mm. Of like, no, it's not just these arbitrary rules. Um, like that are sort of outdated now, but like it's rooted in like an understanding of the human person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like that the human person is created for love, and the human person, like the body, has meaning that's given by God, and we're created to give ourselves to the other, and like that therefore means that like yeah, that that the way that that's expressed matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it means something, has significance. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, it's all very like, yeah, it's all very logical and intelligible. But like, sort of the theology of the body was like the key that helped me to understand all of that. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, that's awesome. So that's why I'm so grateful for it. Yeah, it was just like absolutely huge for me. Amen. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite part of or concept from theology of the body that, like, when when you hear about it or when you're thinking about it again, you get excited? For me, at least, I mean, at least at first. Um, the idea that human love has this like, um, transcendent ordering, like it's, it's, um, oriented to God or it's, 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 it's a sign for us, um, that points to God and allows us to experience him in this very concrete way. For me, that was just like, it really struck me and it was just like so beautiful. Mm. I thought. Because, I mean, you can sense that, like, when you love someone, like, there's something, like, transcendent about that. Mm. There's something that's, like, yeah, like, in a sense, like, religious about that almost. Um, yeah. But, like, this finally came words to that, um, that's, that I intuited, the, the thing that I intuited for, yeah. That's so. beautiful. I agree totally. It, it's amazing how much of a spiritual experience it can be to love somebody. Um, right. Yeah, I, I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. I would say mine is probably... Uh, the the idea that god wants to marry us and kind of everything that flows out of that truth uh is just some of the stuff i get the most excited about in faith yeah absolutely Um, yeah so yeah you are at the jp2 institute the john paul ii institute in washington dc um what so you right now and this is I'm, I'm so excited about what you shared with me you're studying you're, you're studying you're getting a doctorate in theology but your specific area of study is the person marriage and family uh talk yes. to me about how that became your uh emphasis and and what it's like studying that yeah i mean basically the institute where i go the john paul ii institute the idea is that you sort of study john paul ii's thought um, and you study the people that are like thinking with him, like um, Ratzinger or Pope mm-hmm. Benedict XVI, um, Hans Urs von Balthasar, um, Henri de Lubac, all these people, they're the 20th century theologians who like were within sort of John Paul II's, I don't know, way of thinking mm-hmm. um, and yeah, helped to form him. And yeah, I mean, also we study the entire tradition of the church too. It's not just the 20th century. Um, but that's sort of emphasized at the Institute. We all study the same thing. Like the PhD program is just 
that person, marriage and family. And then later we'll, when we um, get to the dis- dissertation phase, which I'm not in yet, um, we'll specify, like, I want to write about this person or gotcha. yeah, this topic. So basically just is the John Paul II Institute. Okay. Um, and yeah, and our emphasis on like studying the thought of John Paul II and like sort of studying the Catholic tradition, yeah. but through the lens of John Paul II's thought, really. And what, what impact has studying there and everything that you've learned over the time there, what, what impact has that had on your spirituality? I had a really incredible foundation. Like I was saying, I was connected to this sort of um, mm-hmm. Catholic group in Bowling Green, and there was like this big theology of the body emphasis. Um, and Megan and I, I think she said in her interview, um, we had like a theology of the body group together that she started. And then I later kind of became a co-host or whatever of, um, and yeah, so I had a, I had a really strong foundation, um, in theology of the body, but, um, the Institute really like introduced me to how theology of the body fits within the Catholic tradition. And I, I would say also it, um, helped me to understand more and more, um, how theology of the body is about, like being in reality. It's not just about like these Catholic moral teachings, which are like so beautiful and so crucial and important, but yeah, it's like, I I think more fundamentally, like a way of seeing the world, like Megan kept saying, like as gift. Mm. Um, yeah. And like realizing that that actually is the foundation of my experience of reality. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that the world is a gift to me. Um, and that like when I like enter more deeply into that, um, yeah, like God, God becomes a part of, I don't know, just my everyday life. Like he becomes so intimate to me mm. because of that. Um, so I think that was huge. Or just like, it extended more to just like my life, like my everyday experience of reality. And so that was really beautiful. And then another big thing is um, when I came to D.C., I also um, became a part of this movement, Catholic lay movement called Communion and Liberation. That was started by a priest, um, Father Luigi Giussani. Um, He's Italian. Um, And he kind of was friends with John Paul II. And it's a similar sort of spirituality, I would say. It's very complementary to um, what I learned in the Institute. But it was, um, yeah, it's just like a really beautiful community that helped me to just really see how, yeah, like Christ is so real. I guess that's what I beca- became. Uh, yeah, what that's what became clearer to me. Mm. Like it's more Dude, than just a. Here. He's more than a nice idea. He's an active part of your life in a very real way. Exactly. Yeah. In a very tangible exactly. way. Yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. That's a perfect way to put it. That's beautiful. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. think that that was a similar impact for me, um, and I think that there was a disconnect uh, when, you know, mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school my whole life. Nobody had ever talked about theology of the body. And, and there is kind of just this inherent disconnect when you're not being taught the faith in the context of the integrated person and in the, in the body and, and spirit. And that is just as true when, it, when you're talking about Jesus Christ. He is an integrated yeah. person to this day. Like he right. fairly uniquely with the, you know, very couple of small exceptions, you know, he is body and soul in heaven, you know. Um, yeah. and, but then he also comes body, soul to earth in the Eucharist and like the very tangible, active and powerful reality of the Eucharist is just totally transformed in your mind when you kind of come to understand some of those ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so real. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. So let, you know, you're, you're coming now, coming in to host naked without shame. I'm so (laughs) excited to have you and Megan here in the studio soon. 
Um, yes, I'm very excited too. What, what about, you know, when, when the initial invitation was extended to you to consider this, what was your thought process? What were you excited about? Uh, what, what, what makes you passionate about this type of thing? Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised. I did not anticipate that this would happen. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. It, it was really quick for me to become convinced that, yeah, it was an incredible opportunity. I mean, yeah, Megan and I, like, had that experience of co-hosting this Theology of the Body group. And for us, that was, like, I don't know, just, like, a huge... Um, it was just it was just so beautiful. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, we were able to... I mean, like, not like we're, like, some, like, learned great people. I mean, especially at that point, we hadn't studied theology of the body formally at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I started kind of hosting the group like a year after my like real conversion. So it wasn't like I was, I had everything figured out. Um, but it was like, I think, yeah, we just really had such an encounter, um, of like, yeah, with theology of the body and like, we're just so changed by it. And Mm. it just like really like enlivened us so much that we just like, yeah, we just really wanted to like, share that within a community and build a community get together. And so I see, yeah, I see this opportunity as like a way to continue to do that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's really great. exciting. Yeah. And on top of hosting the show, uh, as awakened Catholic show hosts, you and Megan are also leading, uh, awakened Catholic viewers, listeners on a pilgrimage to Paris, France, yes. A river cruise pilgrimage to Paris, France. I, I, man, this this year is wild. I mean, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> there's there's the weird stuff this year, and then there's the awesome stuff this year. Um, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. God is at work, and so absolutely for for you viewers and listeners, if you're interested in learning more about this uh, Paris river cruise pilgrimage with awakened Catholic in in France, um, just visit uh, select internationaltours.com slash awaken again that's select internationaltours.com slash awaken for more information on this pilgrimage um yeah but anyways gosh morgan thank you for your yes thank you for being a part of this i'm so excited for what is to come i'm so excited for you and megan to be here together uh and it's just going to be a great time and um I can't say yeah. can't say thank you enough. I think it's going to be really amazing. Oh, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, we're so excited. Glory to God. All right, yeah. and uh, as we bring this in for a landing, I just want to remind you, viewers and listeners, that if you want to support the creation of Naked Without Shame or any of the other shows here on Awaken Catholic, you can join the Awaken Nation by making a recurring monthly donation uh, at whatever amount you want. You can pay the price of a cup of coffee a week or. Or more, you know, if you like bigger cups of coffee. Um, you, so for that, visit awakencatholic.org slash donate. And then also don't forget to get the Awakened Catholic app, which is a great hub for all of the Awakened Catholic content, as well as a social media alternative where we can have non-toxic, life-giving conversations and share life together. It's been a great time so far, and we would love to have you join us. Uh, all right, everyone. Morgan, thanks for being here today. And Thank you so much. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, viewers and listeners, just remember, Jesus loves you. This show and all media on Awakened Catholic is made possible by the Awakened Nation and the Hollow app. The Awakened Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate.
Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app/awaken.